Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Well, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Hebrews, or the New Testament book of Hebrews. The New Testament book of Hebrews, Hebrews in chapter number 9. We're beginning a brand new Sunday school series this morning dealing with the King is Coming. Several messages dealing with the idea of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is coming again. Now, the Bible gives many, many references and explanations of what happens when Jesus Christ comes. Our first lesson is an introduction and a very interesting introduction dealing with the second coming of Jesus Christ and our response and our role with this. Turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of Hebrews chapter number 9. Hebrews chapter number 9. And notice with me is starting at verse number 26. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 26. It says, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered are once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Hebrews chapter number 9. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28. Notice what it says. It says, shall he appear the second time? Shall he appear the second time. We know that Jesus Christ is coming. But as we deal with a lost and dying world, as we deal with a world that becomes further and more antagonistic towards the Bible, the question is asked, are we foolish for look for the second coming of Christ? Are we foolish for saying Jesus is coming again? Are we foolish people for waiting for him to come? Well, let's see what the Bible has to say, as we know that there's a world that thinks that we're just lost our mind. In fact, the Bible speaks about that in several passages, but we believe that Jesus Christ came again. This passage here explains that Jesus Christ came in two different comings. Each of these comings had a different purpose. The first time he came, Jesus Christ, who is God, robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us. He went through the same temptations, the same troubles, the same heartbreaks, grew up in the same world that we live in, and then he died on the cross to pay for your sins and to pay for mine. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, and he rose again the third day to prove that he was God and to prove that God was satisfied with the payment that was made. The first time he came, he came for the purpose of dying on the cross. The second time he comes, he's not coming to go to the cross. The second time he's coming, he's coming to rule and reign on this earth. 
that it is a new, new purpose, a different way of coming. The first time he came, he came in meekness. He was born in a manger. He was born to a poor family. He was born without fa- fanfare. He was under the radar. He was a carpenter growing up before the public ministry. He was someone that was unassuming. People didn't expect him. He wasn't a great general. He wasn't someone who was getting the world's eye. He entered, only had three and a half years of public ministry. Those three and a half years changed the world. But when he comes back this next time, he's coming back as king. King Jesus is coming back. And everything is going to be different. And we know that there were two different purposes. And our hope Our blessed hope, the Bible says in the book of Titus, is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Why is it our blessed hope? Because that's when Jesus is going to fulfill the promises he had made to us in the first place. That's what we're looking forward to. Him coming back and bringing us into that eternal life that he promised. We know that we have the millennial kingdom to look forward to and then we have eternity future. There is so much to look forward to that he is yet to do that he promised that he would. That the question now we have is are we foolish? We're putting our hope, we're putting our encouragement that Jesus Christ is coming. Are we foolish for desiring such a thing? Well, turn with me if you don't mind. Let's look at a couple different passages. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter uh, 2. Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. We know that Jesus Christ is coming back to rule and to reign and what we would call the millennial kingdom. We didn't turn to this passage here, but those who are part of our church are familiar that in Revelation chapter 20, in the first seven verses, the idea of 1,000 years is referenced six different times. Some people say, well, that can't really be real. It can't be a thousand years. Well, I'm someone who believes that God says what he means and means what he says. If he said it one time, it's important. Six times, it's pretty much you write that thing down. 1,000 years Jesus Christ is coming to rule and to reign. So many passages are dedicated to Christ's second coming. Isaiah chapter 2 is one of them. Isaiah chapter 2, and notice with me in verse 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall Go and say, come ye, let us go up to the mountains of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, and nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. In this passage, Isaiah, it's a reference to the millennial kingdom when Jesus Christ comes to rule and reign, that Jerusalem will be his capital, that everyone in the world, all the nations will come to him and ask for instructions, that there will be such a peace during this time as Jesus rules not just Jerusalem, but the entire world, that we won't have any need for military instruments. 
They'll be repurposed for other things that we don't need tanks. So that'll be a blessing. You won't need landmines. You don't need swords or guns. Those will all be put aside, not needed during the millennial kingdom. And instead, we'll be able to enjoy the peace and the prosperity of that kingdom when Jesus Christ comes to rule and to reign. Now, we know that Jesus Christ is coming according to the scriptures, which brings me to our first major point. If Christ does not come again, the Bible is not true. If Christ doesn't come again, then Christ isn't true. Remember that for those of you who've been here in the church for a while, we've just got through doing the millennial kingdom. We know that there are more passages in the word of God dedicated to the millennial kingdom than any other subject in the Bible. If Christ does not come back, then the word of God is not true. You see, the Bible puts a lot of emphasis on Christ's second coming. And if the Bible's not true, or he doesn't come, he's not true. By the way, all of our hopes are on this promise. This idea that salvation, salvation's great to have forgiveness of sins, but it doesn't just end there. That when we also get eternal life, we also get to spend eternity with him. With him up in heaven. We get a promise of heaven. Are we foolish in believing this? No, because we believe the Bible. And yet we know there are so many people who reject the Bible. There's something called the Association for Advancing Atheist Views or something like that. I forgot the exact title. But they have in a big banner when you walk into their offices, the Bible is a lie. That's always nice to see, right? <laughs> Why? <laughs> These are people who have rejected God's word and they think that we're just out of our bleeding mind because all of our hope is in the Bible. Think about this. Have you ever met Jesus personally where you got to shake his hand? Nope. No. We haven't. So we're believing in someone we have never physically met. But is he real to you? Yeah. Absolutely he is. How did I get to know him? Because of the Bible. The Bible's how he... We didn't need to have pepperoni pizza. We didn't need some special uh, chemicals. We didn't need a special sweat lodge. We didn't need to go on a vision quest. We just had to read God's word. And God revealed himself through his word. And that is our only source of knowledge of who Christ is. Ever think about that? That's the only way we get to know him personally is through his precious word. That's how he's chosen to reveal himself. It teaches us how to walk with him and how to talk with him and how to come. And yet, if the Bible's not true, we're believing in a fairy tale. We're believing in a lie. By the way, this is why the Bible's all under attack all the time because if they take away the Bible, they also end up taking away our hope. Are we foolish for believing that Christ is coming again? No, because the Bible is true. Because the Bible is true, I could put my hope in a God who is true and will keep his word. Here's another thought really quick. If Christ does not come again, then the Savior himself was false. Turn with me, if you don't mind, to the gospel record of John. Now, there are many people who believe in the teachings of Jesus but reject the rest of the Bible. 
They say you can believe everything that Jesus said, but Jesus is, uh, the rest of it, you don't have to worry. The Bible's just a fairy tale. Believe what Jesus said. All right. Well, let's just look and see something that Jesus said. Notice with me in the gospel record of John chapter 14. In the context, Jesus Christ is getting ready to go to the cross. He has just had the last supper with his disciples. And now him and his disciples are beginning their walk from Jerusalem down to the valley and going up to the garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus is taking from John chapter 13 to John 16 to give final instructions to his disciples. In John chapter 14, notice what Jesus said. John 14, notice with me in verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so... I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus here said that he would come again. And if Jesus doesn't come again, guess what? He's a liar. Now, the Hebrew people understood this passage very well because of their idea of courtship. When someone was courting and (laughs) it was called betrothed, what would happen is that the groom would not stay with the bride, but the groom instead would leave the bride and he would go build a house for his bride and him to live once they were married. And he would build that house until his father examined and expected the house, and approved it, and then he would say, son, go get your bride. Then the son would come back and receive his bride. They did, the bride never would know when the groom would come. They wouldn't set appointments like December 6th at one o'clock. Instead, the, the bride had to be ready at any time. It may be morning, it may be noon, maybe evening, but he's coming soon. He is coming again. And so she would wait. Is today the day he comes? 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 And she was supposed to be looking with anticipation. Let's say that you were that bride. Would you give up waiting for your groom if he said he was coming back for you? What if it took longer than expected? Would you just cut him off or... Would you still hope that he's coming? Would you still put your trust? He said he's coming back. I I know he's coming back. This is that same illustration that we're in now. Jesus said he's coming back. He said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. I'm leaving you now and I'm leaving. And he did. He was um, crucified on the cross, buried on the borrowed tomb, and then he rose again. He spent 40 days with his disciples. Then he ascended up to heaven. And he said, I have to go. I've got to go prepare a mansion for you. I have to leave. And he says, but what I'm doing, what you're not seeing is I'm preparing a place for you. I'm building you a mansion. I'm setting something up. I'm building this great city. By the way, we'll talk about that mansion and that great city tonight and go through the details of what eternity future will look like and what he is preparing for us. But Jesus said, I'm going to go prepare a place. And I'm waiting for my father to say, son, that's what I wanted. Now go get your bride. All we're waiting for is God say, go get her. Go get him. 
We're waiting. Go. And he'll come back and get his bride, the church. Oh, we're looking forward to that day. But just like the bride in those Hebrew days, I don't know when he's coming, but I've got to be ready. I don't know when he's coming, but I've got to be prepared. That's the stance that we're in today. Now, let's just go back to that world. Do you think from time to time there would be a bride whose groom was taking a little bit longer than what people thought would be expected? And the townsfolks would start speaking in her ear. He's not coming. Maybe something happened to him. Maybe he forsook you. Maybe he found someone better. Maybe he tripped and fell and fell down a ravine and he's in a hospital with amnesia. You know, the voices would start coming. He's not coming back for you. You need to give up. Stop looking. Could you imagine that from time to time, maybe there was a, a bride who got deceived? Well, maybe he's not coming. Maybe he's not. And she gave up. Wouldn't it be embarrassing And when he did come and she wasn't ready? Jesus said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And we believe him. We don't know when he's coming back, but he promised he would. And if he does not come back, may I now play this logic? If Jesus never comes back, then he's a liar. And if he lied, that means he's a sinner. And if he's a sinner, he could not have paid our sin debt. You see, our entire salvation then falls apart. Because we're not here just to live a good life and then, okay, we made the best of it. That's a horrible hope to have. Our hope is that we got something better than this waiting for us. And that he is preparing that place for us. Jesus is coming again. Which now brings us to a third idea. If Christ does not come again, then the fondest hopes of men are crushed. If Christ does not come again, then the fondest hopes of men are crushed. You know, we talk a lot about heaven. Why? Because we want to go there. In heaven, there's no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more tears. Isn't that a place that you want to go to? A place where there's no more sorrow. There's a lot of sorrow here. There's a lot of reasons to have a broken heart down here. You know why we're looking forward to heaven? So we don't have to go through that feeling of sorrow again. No more sorrow. No more pain. For those of us who are getting older, that becomes more real all the time. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that day. Or no more pain. You know, that's a great hope that we have. I have somewhere better where I'm not going to hurt anymore. That is a hope that we have. That is something we're looking forward to. No more sorrow. No more pain. No more death. We just had earlier here of people that either had passed or are getting ready to pass. Death is a reality that we face all the time. Reality is something that we will have to face Eventually, death is a reality. Aren't we having a hope that we'll be in a place where we'll no longer have to worry about death? We don't have to worry about our loved ones suffering anymore. Getting ready to pass. Up in heaven, no more pain, no more suffering. 
that'd be nice. There's a lot of people suffering. We're looking forward to a time where people don't suffer anymore. You know, one thing that we think about heaven is that there'd be more of an equality. Isn't that something that people scream about today is they want things equality? Well, we'll never have that till we get to heaven. Is that a place that we're looking forward to? No more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more tears. Um, I'm not a lady, but I've had my idea of tears. But I am surrounded by girls in my house who are all saying, I'm looking for the day I'm no longer crying. Amen. Some of you ladies in agreement with that? Yeah. I don't have to worry about shedding tears anymore. I don't have to worry about having those days where I'm crying for no reason. Again, I deal with have ladies in my house. Hey, what's the matter? I see you're crying. Nothing. I remember, I think it was my wife. Why are you crying? What's the matter? I'm a woman. Good, that's all I need to know. I'm going to the next room. Thank you. Aren't you glad that you don't have to deal with that anymore? That's our hope. And if Jesus doesn't come back, those hopes are gone. That means this is the best we have. And this is a horrible best that we have. Our hope is that something better is out there for us. That Christ is coming back. And that we get to spend time with him. We get to be with him in a perfect place. A place where we don't have to worry about it falling apart. You see, Jesus coming back is a big deal. Again, some people try to twist things away and say, it's all right. Jesus gave you an example of how to give a good life, but he's not coming back. That's not encouraging. Listen, I could try to live a perfect life all I want, but I'm still going to fail and mess up. My hope is not that I live a good life. My hope is that I've got something better waiting for me than this. So are we foolish are we foolish for waiting for the coming of the Lord? Are we foolish for looking for the second coming of Jesus Christ? The world says that we are. But for those of us who know Jesus as personally as our Savior, for those of us who believe the Bible, it's not foolish at all. We know that he's not coming in our timetable. He's coming on his. But he is going to keep his word. And that we get to trust in him. And we get to look forward to him. Notice if you don't mind. In uh, the book of 2 Peter. We'll wrap this up. 2 Peter chapter number 3. Second Peter chapter 3. Towards the end of the Bible. 2 Peter chapter 3. And notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 3. Knowing this first, there shall come in the last days scoffers. Did you know that we have scoffers living in the last days? Yes. And notice this, walking after their own lust. Verse number 3 gives the reason why we have scoffers. Because they don't want to believe in the Bible. They don't want the Bible to have authority over them. So they have to reject the Bible. You know that there's no scientific mathematical, archaeological, historical reason to reject the Bible. The only reason why people reject the Bible is because they don't want the Bible to tell them what to do. 
Verse number four, and saying, so these scoffers, what are they saying? And saying, where is the promise of his coming? This is what they ask. Where's he at? Hey, where's he at? You keep saying Jesus is coming back. Where is he? And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they are willingly ignorant of. That phrase willingly ignorant in the Greek means stupid on purpose. They're willingly ignorant by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing in the water and out of the water, whereby the world that was then being overflowed with water perish. Notice there are three things in Second Peter chapter number three that the scoffers deny. They deny the second coming of Christ. They deny creation and they deny the Genesis flood. They feel like if they could knock out creation, they knock out the Genesis flood, then it will also knock out the idea that Jesus is coming again. Why? Because if creation and the flood are wrong, then Jesus also is a liar and can't keep his word. But those things stand, but the scoffers are willingly ignorant of this. They're stupid on purpose of these three things. But notice, if you don't mind, as we jump to verse number nine. But the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long suffering towards us word, not willing that any shall perish but that all should come to repentance. Notice this, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Are we foolish for waiting, for believing in the second coming of Jesus Christ? We are not. Why? God's not slack concerning his promises. God will keep his word. And I'm so thankful that we can trust him. The scoffers may try to deny, the scoffers may try to say that we're foolish, but Jesus Christ is coming back just like he said he is. This audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.